Live. Well, actually, not live. It's a podcast. I was going to say live from the palatial Planet 93.9 studios, but of course it's not live. I love it because you were so confident. Live. Live. Uh, Wait a minute. I got to check myself. Hang on a second. (laughs) We're clearly not live. It's the antithesis of live. What you're about to hear was recorded live. Whatever that means. I mean, this is recorded live, I suppose, in front of a studio audience. That's not true either. I'm here and you're here. We're watching each other. That's an audience, isn't it? Yeah. I'm part of the team. You're part of the team. We're a team team. You know, I I, I say this with all sincerity. There are times I'm the biggest fan of this show. There are times I will listen to this (laughs) podcast and I will just start cracking up at what you two have to say. I will take that as a compliment. Yeah, well, it wasn't intended as a... Here we go. It's the top five things podcast. This is a review of what we got done on our morning show. We should mention that you can hear that live. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Uh, Every weekday morning, 5.30 until 10. Top five things podcast now. We'll start, uh, what do you think? How about number one? Number one. 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 Number 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 one. Twenty-eight-year-old model goes missing. Huh. Her ex-husband and members of the family have now been charged, Darren, with murder. Uh-oh. They deploy dogs. They send out drones. They go looking for this girl. They start searching sewage manholes, and then they found her skull. Oh. At the in-laws' house. Everyone wants you dead? Her remains were discovered in a soup pot over the weekend. Abby Choi Tin Fong, a 28-year-old socialite and mother of four who went missing last week. Oh, my God. Her ex-husband and three members of his family arrested and charged in connection with her murder. Police found her dismembered legs in a refrigerator and her belongings at a village house on the outskirts of the city three days after she failed to pick her kid up from school. Officers collected evidence, including cleavers and a meat grinder, also an electric saw, black raincoats, glove, face shields, and two pots containing what were later confirmed to be human tissue. Son of a gun. Police say they believe the murder was carefully plotted as the walls and windows of the apartment were all covered in tarp and the apartment was just rented a couple of weeks ago by her former father-in-law. Her ex-husband was arrested over the weekend. He was trying to flee Hong Kong by boat with $64,000 in cash on him and a couple of watches said to be worth more than $500,000. His brother, who was... His chauffeur was also arrested. How about you be my chauffeur? Okay, brother. How often do you need a chauffeur? There's a lot to this story that when this true crime podcast comes up, I might listen to this one. Uh huh. My brother's my chauffeur, and my folks are going to help me chop up my ex-wife and put her in uh, refrigerators and soup pots. We can't stand her. Police superintendent says, quote, we believe the victim and her ex-husband's family had many financial disputes involving huge sums, 
someone was dissatisfied with how she was handling her assets. Police arrested a fifth person on Sunday believed to be connected to the crime, a 47-year-old woman who was allegedly the lover of this dead woman's ex-father-in-law. What? So mother-in-law and father-in-law and then girlfriend or mistress of the father-in-law all working together to, to kill this, this poor girl. Yeah. And we're going to... We're going to make soup out of her head? Police spent days searching for missing body parts only to find the skull in a pot from the initial crime scene. Police said they found the skull with hair attached, several ribs, and human tissue that they believe belonged to the victim inside a large pot of soup alongside some radishes. More human bones were found in a second smaller pot. Jiminy criminy. My brother, the chauffeur, did not get me out of town in time. My, my brother, the chauffeur, is driving me nuts. <laughs> you know, I, I took him on as a chauffeur. I took him on. He is awful. <laughs> and get a new horn. Get a new horn. It's 2023. <laughs> There's no reason for the car to sound like that. No. <laughs> what is this? Chitty, chitty, bang, bang? <laughs> After we get done chopping up my ex-wife and putting her in soup, the box, next thing we do, we're getting on eBay Motors. Jo- job one. <laughs> I'm tired of driving I'm, around, and I sound ridiculous. <laughs> what did I tell you about honking that horn? This isn't an improvement. <laughs> what are we, a submarine? According to social media accounts, Choi had an active social life and often attended fashion shows in Paris, mm. film screenings, and other brand events. Mm. She comes from a wealthy family that runs a construction business in China and had a personal wealth of more than $12 million. There you go. There you go. Ah, well, she's gone, and now the family charged with murder. Soup, anyone? You know, these radishes are good for your percolation. That's the thing. Like, you murder your ex-wife along with your parents and your brother, the chauffeur, who for some reason is driving you around in one of the cars from the Magnificent Men and their flying machines. Uh And somebody has the thought, you know what this soup could use? Radishes. Mm. What? What's that about? I told you I'll be there in a minute. You lay on that horn one more time, I'm going to hire another family member to drive me around. He's out front. I better go. (laughs) He's here already. (laughs) My brother, the chauffeur. It's veterinarian and her husband, who's also a veterinarian. They're married veterinarians. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, they're in Vegas for some sort of vet conference, all right? 
They're staying at the Excalibur. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they, uh, all right. That's an well, interesting choice. It's <laughs> just, you know. Excalibur I mean, is the they, one that they looks. Make, they make good money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that these are budget veterinarians. <laughs> uh, they're at the uh, Excalibur. That's on the strip. That's the one that looks like a castle, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Do they have like a. Medieval times I, in there. I believe they That's do. That's the whole gimmick. I think so. They're at the Excalibur, and it's four o'clock in the morning, and there's a cat in their room. Huh. It's not their cat. Just you're woken up in your hotel room by a cat. That's odd, right? This story takes like the cat knew <laughs> what they do for a living. Hey, hey, hey could you take a look at this? <laughs> Does this look infected to you? <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey, maybe take a, a quick peek at this. Sorry uh-huh. to wake you up at four in the morning, but yeah. as you know, as veterinarians, uh, we are nocturnal creatures. So I... I'm not telling you anything you don't know. <laughs> this story takes a couple of weird turns, all right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, four in the morning in Vegas, and I heard some weird sounds in our hotel room. And this... Here. Oh, he's purring. Hello, cat in my hotel room. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> She's wow, you need to pull yourself together. Well, it's four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, this adventure begins when this woman finds the cat at the Excalibur room. Somebody, it turns out, two weeks ago was staying at the Excalibur and they lost their cat. Okay. Six I think day- we have a resolution. Yes. Six days later, they find the cat in the room. They, they thought that the cat had run off. Yeah. It was just hiding in the hotel room. Uh, Someone's staying at the Excalibur room. cat to Las Vegas? Yeah, that seems weird, right? I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can. If you're asking me which of the hotels in the strip do I think you could bring a cat, I'd yes, say no, Ex- I, Excalibur all day circus, long. Circus, circus, circus. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Sanders is the woman who found the cat. Someone staying in the Excalibur room appeared to have lost the cat, and six days later, Lindsay and her husband were woken up at four in the morning. That's the audio you just heard. Uh-huh. Only to see this cat standing in the room. She goes ahead and, and records the video of it. Uh, the uh, video has now been viewed well over a million times. They are both veterinarians and were in town for a conference, never expected to rescue a lost cat during their stay. It wasn't even on the first night in the room. Ah, so the cat gave him, yeah, well, I'll give you a night. Make it three nights. Make it three nights. The, she says, the third night I heard some weird sounds. I thought it was in the hallway. She tells her husband, go check that out. And he, got, he gets up, he turns on the light, and he goes, there's a cat in the room. Standing there in the middle of the room was a gray and black cat. They were pretty confident that this was not a wild cat. Mm-hmm. It also explained, by the way, why some of their personal items... Had, had been scratched up. Had been knocked from the bathroom counter during their stay. Uh-huh. And... 
it sure smelled like urine in the shower. And they thought, well, that could just be the Excalibur. (laughs) I mean, we are we are trying to save a little money here. Security was called to the room. They showed up with a leash. And uh, this woman, who, again, is a veterinarian, says, don't put a leash on the cat. It's already scared. Eventually, after realizing that all the security had was a large dog crate, the cat was placed in a pillowcase to be taken downstairs and then put in the crate. I don't know about that either. During the exchange with security, the cat goes and hides again, revealing its hiding spot. There's a space about three inches tall under the bathroom sink. And that's where this thing went missing. That's where it was hanging out. Security had to take the sink apart to get the cat out of the little hidden compartment there. And what about the rightful owners? Security offer officer told Sanders that the previous guest had reported losing their cat. Sanders later found out it was a person moving from Reno to Las Vegas mm, okay. who was staying in the room prior to being able to move into a new place. Okay. Security was able to contact the cat's rightful owner and reunited, Darren, and it feels so good. Later that night, the pair were reunited. Sanders says the cat appeared to be in good health even after not eating for six days. She thinks that the cat was probably drinking water from the toilet. Yeah. Uh, and the, the cat's owner says, well, that makes sense because she does that at home. So a happy ending to this weird story. It is the best water in the hotel, in the casino. I don't know. It smelled like every time we left the room, like somebody was taking a really powerful whiz in our shower. But again, gotta, it, it's the Excalibur. These got, things happen. I got a cat scratch here. <laughs> you ever been scratched? Oh, sure. Like on the tip of your finger? No, that doesn't seem like, no. (laughs) What is going on? Oh, no. Yeah, he got me. Yeah, that's, wow. Well, the good news is that every it's got a happy ending. And of all the rooms to be lost in, the one that a couple of veterinarians move move into. I'll let you get acclimated a few nights. I don't want to bug you right away. But I feel good about you people. (laughs) I've made a decision. Number three. 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 Somebody threatened to blow up the Hollywood sign over the weekend. A guy calls the Hollywood police threatening to blow up the Hollywood sign with pipe bombs that he'd planted. For every letter? The ransom that he gave the cops in Hollywood was. One million dollars. No, no, no. No, not a million dollars? What did he want? Man called the Hollywood Police Department on Sunday threatening to blow up the Hollywood sign with pipe bombs unless he was paid (laughs) $10,000. Okay. Well, that's... I've got that on me. Yeah. That's, that's not a problem. Doesn't everybody hate the Hollywood sign? Yeah. I mean, isn't that, didn't we do something where we were talking about landmarks and that's like one of the. It's very underwhelming. The, yeah. Underwhelming yeah. landmarks. Yeah. When you, when you see it, it's like, it, it looks like garbage. Uh, what yeah. is that? Get rid of that. It's like you should take that down. It's, it looks trashy couple of problems uh when he called the hollywood police to say that he was going to blow up the hollywood sign there for uh, ten thousand uh, dollars unless it, he got ten thousand it sounds like almost ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars 
covers just the cost of blowing up the sign. <laughs> the pipe bombs. <laughs> I mean, I, I got three grand in pipe. Uh, and uh, these the C4 is not cheap, let me tell you. Kabam! It's worth pointing out. It's a out. long word. This, this was not very well thought out because uh, they did not, the Hollywood Police Department did not uh, they didn't give pay, this guy didn't a, pay a, it? a penny. No satisfaction? Well, it gets even more problematic because... He called the Hollywood Police Department in Hollywood, Florida. Florida. <laughs> well, I'm surprised. I am completely shocked <laughs> that they didn't say, go ahead and blow it up. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That would have been great. You just go right we, ahead, we, mister. We dare you. I double dare you, triple dare you. <laughs> And then they put up a sign. Uh, now we're the only Hollywood with a sign. You go right ahead. We win again. Hollywood, Florida wins uh -huh. again. <laughs> oh, jeez, he oh, did he it. Oh, he was serious. Oh, no, there goes the H. Oh, there goes the O. Holy. Oh, he's going to do it in order. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a gun. Oh, no, you missed one of the See, L's. I think it would be a, I think it'd be a better look if he did the... the uh, H and the D at the same time, and they just work to the middle. Oh, that would now you're That's talking. That's a good look. Now you're talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Los Angeles De Police Department checked out the. Because that's the thing. There is no Hollywood Police Department, right? Hollywood is part of Los Angeles. He didn't notice. He didn't notice the area code. He didn't notice he was speaking to an alligator. What was that? LAPD checked out the Hollywood sign and found no credible threat at all. There were no bombs. Uh, shocking. Mm. The Hollywood sign is under 24-7 video surveillance, so it's always watched closely. Yeah. And if there were, uh, there, I guess there are other additional safety measures in place if anyone were to try and tamper with it. Not an easy target. I wonder when they started uh, watching it. Oh, well, because people are trying to mess with it all the time, I understand, right? but back in the day, they didn't. There's that scene in the Elvis movie. Sure, when they're there. Where he's just, like, smoking a cigarette on the H. Hey, man, my career's in a toilet. What do you think about that, you, baby? What are you going to do about it, man? <laughs> or they tell him his career's yeah. in the toilet. He's like, yeah, and he starts I, laughing. That's like, what I needed to hear, man. Yeah. Tell you what, these, these guys tell me just what I want to hear. All a bunch of yes, man. <laughs> This is the 100-year anniversary. Is that right? Of the sign. It, the original sign was erected in 1923, and originally it read Hollywood Land to promote the name of a new housing development in the hills above the Hollywood district. Until of Los Fred Angeles. McMurray bought it all, I'll tell and you. now <laughs> I'm your landlord. <laughs> now you're all working for me. You all work for me. You're all a bunch of mother flubbers. That's what he called people behind their back. <laughs> Real estate developers called their development Hollywood Land and advertised it as a superb environment without excessive cost on the Hollywood side of the hills. The sign was originally illuminated and it stayed lit for a decade until new owners decided eh, it's costing us a lot of money to light that thing up mm -hmm. and lose the land. What are we? What are we doing here? Fred McMurray's bought all the land. <laughs> They then put 4,000 light bulbs around the thing, and it would alternate. It would flash. So sometimes it would say Holly. 
Sometimes it would say wood, and sometimes it would say land, and then sometimes it would say Hollywood land all at, all at once. Before the sign was a searchlight to attract more attention, the poles that supported the sign were hauled to the site by mules. Project cost $21,000 a hundred years ago. That's like more than three hundred and thirty grand these days. The sign was only supposed to be up for a year and a half. Oh, and it attracted moths. <laughs> We're going to get oh, moths. Then we got moths. <laughs> we got moths. Oh, jeez, we got moths. Why is Carol O'Connor up there? <laughs> oh, that's right. He was in... He was... Archie! We're going to get moths! Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's right. He's in Queens, right? Yes. <laughs> in Queens? Yeah, they weren't in it. But it was probably filmed in Hollywood. On location, On yes. location. Yes, correct. They had a campaign to restore the sign in the late 70s. Nine donors each gave uh, $27,000. Here are, here are the donors. And when, This happened when? In late 70s. Late 70s. So like Gene Autry, he paid for the L. The knack. Hugh Hefner bought the Y. And oh, you could buy a specific letter. Yes. Alice Cooper donated the money in memory of the recently deceased Groucho Marx. Why did you buy the Y? Exactly. You get it. If I got to explain it, then uh, what are we doing? The sign has been altered unofficially a number of times. Yeah, because Groucho wouldn't have spent money on it. <laughs> no, not a chance. Uh uh-uh. oh. Somebody uh, messed with the sign so that it read Hollyweed when the nice. uh, state law decriminalizing cannabis was signed. Nice. Mm-hmm. On uh, New Year's Day 2017, when it, when it became legal, they, sure. they made it Hollyweed. It's also been changed to, uh, someone changed it to Oil War to protest the Gulf War in 1990. Mm-hmm. Someone changed it to read Go Navy. A group of midshipmen covered the sign for the Army-Navy football game when they had their first and only West Coast appearance. Well, they played one out there, huh? Yeah, must have. And the sign was altered by a YouTuber and Instagram influencer Juke Squad. They changed it to just read Holly Boob. It was a challenge to a censorship on Instagram. Well, there it is. The uh, the Hollywood sign. Still safe. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, go ahead. Blow it up. I dare you to. <laughs> I don't think. You don't, you don't have You're not going to blow anything up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you got the stones to do it. What do you think of that? Four. Four. A woman had a court-ordered urinalysis test. I, I will say all of the times that I've ever had to uh, have a, a test, it has not been ordered by a court. And I guess that's something to be proud of, huh? This would be my look look on my face if it was court-ordered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this story, it shouldn't shock you, comes to us from America's Wang. It's... Story. Yeah, you say this is a, a court ordered, huh? Hmm. 
Florida woman thought that she could game a court-ordered urinalysis test. Sure she could. With a pill container that was filled with a mixture of soda pop and tap water. <laughs> They'll never figure this out. You know the whole point of a urinalysis is, is that, that they analyze what... <laughs> they, they, they just don't look at it. They understand what urine is. Yeah. They know what urine is and even what urine's made up of. Shannon Hunter... 44 years old, required to uh, provide probation officials in Clearwater with a urine sample. Uh, this was as a result of some guilty pleas to a pair of felony charges that happened uh, last month. Hunter recently copped to possessing painkillers without a prescription and theft counts. And she had a, a pretty good idea that her urine was not going to pass any sort of court-ordered tests. So she attempted to use a prescription pill container full of an unknown liquid to pass her urinalysis. Why not? Let's give it a go. The scheme, including Hunter hiding the pill container inside herself, along with Andy Hammer. <laughs> this is Andy Hammer. I am inside the Florida felon. <laughs> The scheme involved Hunter hiding the pill container inside herself, which was detected by probation officials familiar with the the old container yeah. up the hoo-ha trick. We kind of go into this, you know, kind of safeguarding against those things. We yeah. kind of a... We have a certain checklist. We do. <laughs> After being read her rights, Hunter admitted that the liquid in her plastic container was just soda and tap water, a concoction that absolutely would have resulted in a failed test. We don't know what soda was involved. Uh, some speculation it was Mountain Dew or Sprite. Unclear why she thought containing a, uh, submitting a urine sample that had absolutely zero urine in it was a good idea. During a court appearance, Hunter pled no contest to a misdemeanor charge of urinalysis fraud, sentenced now to a maximum of 20 days in county jail, and ordered to pay fines and court costs totaling $500. wonder how many people have attempted, and they're kind of a little lazy with all this. Yeah. People have like, I'll use chocolate milk. <laughs> I think I can fool him with this yoo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, my, my goal is to make the people looking at the test so uncomfortable. So that uncomfortable that they won't even ask. They, they'll just move along to the next thing. Wait a minute. Is this, is this Activia yogurt? I'm going to, I'm going to count on, I'm going to count on their decorum. You know, instead of a urine, I'm just going to put a little note in the cup that says, could you be cool about this, please? Uh-huh. Yeah, just Don't roll, be a snitch. Just going to roll up a little, <laughs> roll up a, roll up a note. Here you go. Check yes or no if you're going to let me slide. <laughs> five, 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 number five. 
Do you remember that story? Uh, the how could you forget the lottery ticket that was a was it two billion dollars? The Powerball jackpot, two billion dollars. Guy came in and uh, and claimed it, and now someone else is saying, "Hang on a second with that ticket." Not so fast. That was my ticket that was stolen from me. Okay. <laughs> Why doesn't this happen every time? <laughs> well, because it's not always two billion dollars. And maybe you you do this because you think Why if not? they got two billion dollars, we could just settle out of court. Maybe they can just make me go away. California Lottery maintaining that they did, in fact, verify the rightful winner of the record-breaking $2.04 billion jackpot. Yeah, you would think they probably have some sort of protocols in place. A lawsuit was filed in Los Angeles County Superior Court. Jose Rivera claimed that he purchased the winning ticket at Joe's Service Center the day before the drawing, but that the ticket was stolen by someone he claims is named... Reggie. Cheetah Rivera. Reggie is a defendant in the suit. But it doesn't look like Reggie has a last name. All I know is the dude's name was Reggie. I had that $2 billion ticket. Reggie came and took it from me. Reggie is a dog. It's Reggie the Wonder Dog. State officials pushing back on this guy's claim that he's the rightful winner of the $2 billion lottery prize, saying that Edwin Castro is indeed the proper winner. We're going to go with Edwin. As the winner, California spokesperson for the California lottery saying, quote, when it comes to the vetting process for big winners, California lottery has the utmost confidence in its process for doing so. Mm-hmm. California lottery remains confident that Edwin Castro is the rightful winner of the $2.04 billion prize stemming from the Powerball drawing in November of 2022. Rivera reportedly asked Reggie, to return the ticket to him after the winning numbers were announced, but Reggie refused, claiming that Reggie was trying to blackmail him into splitting the jackpot 50-50. Now, Riviera says he does not know Reggie's real name. I don't know this guy. In fact, his name's not even Reggie. That's the name that I'm using. It's a fictitious name, according to the lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. Reggie's a ghost. His argument is... A guy, I'm calling Reggie because I don't know his name, stole the ticket, was trying to blackmail me for $1 billion of the $2 billion prize. And then what did Reggie do with the ticket? He must have given it to Ed- the Sedlin fellow, huh? You hang on to it. The suit here reads, The true names are unknown to plaintiff at this time, and therefore plaintiff sues said defendants by said fictitious names, and when the true names and capacities of said defendant are ascertained, Plaintiff will amend this complaint accordingly. You're suing, saying that somebody you don't know took your $2 billion lottery ticket, and you're just going to go with names you made up until you figure out what the guy's name was. That's a thing you can do, and a lawyer will take this. And yet, these are billable hours for a lawyer. (laughs) I got a feeling you're not going to get a lot of money. I might not. This is going to be one of those deals where we don't make any money until you make some money. Because there's no way this guy's got any dough. Um, I, I gave mo- I gave my money to Reggie to give to you guys. Sorry about that, Mister October. According to the complaint, Rivera submitted a claim to the California Lottery after learning that this Edwin Castro was the winner, saying his ticket was stolen and that his win needed to be investigated by authorities and by the California Lottery. D. 
didn't bring up the fact that his $2 billion ticket was stolen until it was cashed in. Uh-huh. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Where's my ticket? Where's my check? Oh, I bet that Reggie took it. Of course, his name isn't really even Reggie. That's just what I call him. I don't know. I've been calling him Reggie for so long. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> That's my thing. I just call everybody I Reggie. Call, I, just, I make stuff up for everyone. <laughs> Except for Mr. October. I call him Mr. October. Give the man the respect that he's earned. Uh, they're uh, now wondering if local law enforcement needs to get involved to uh, investigate this because what you're doing potentially is committing a fraud. Yeah. At the nature of a $2 billion winning ticket. Yeah, you are. You could be getting in a lot of trouble for that sort of thing, I should hope. Well, you would think so. You would hope so. Uh, Rivera is saying, now this is the guy who says Reggie took his ticket. He's saying, why don't we have video of this guy buying the ticket if, in fact, he's the winner and I'm not? In fact, we do. I would like to see. <laughs> I would like to see video of the winning ticket being purchased. Well, that's interesting you say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quote: Riviera is willing to fully cooperate with your investigation, including meeting with your investigators to give a detailed statement concerning the purchase and theft of the ticket, along with the threats of blackmail. We request the opportunity to view the video depicting the date and time of the purchase of the winning ticket at Joe Service Center in Altadena, California, where Mr. Rivera purchased the ticket on November 7th. Mm -hmm. We also look forward to viewing any video that purports to depict Edwin Castro purchasing the winning ticket. uh, We're not sharing any of this with Mm -hmm. you. Go away. The guy who won the ticket did not appear publicly when he claimed it. He chose to remain private. Now, you can't remain anonymous, but you can remain private. You're going to put my name out there, that's fine, but I'm not going to be standing there next to the big $2 billion check. Everyone knows that I want it, but nobody needs to know what I look like. I think that's probably the smartest thing you could do. Uh, he said in a statement that he was shocked and ecstatic to have won and is happy that his win would be financially beneficial for California's state public education system. He took the cash value of the winnings, so instead of a $2 billion dollars, uh, it actually ended up to be nine hundred and ninety-nine 7.6 million. Not too shabby. No, no, that you could you could make that work. I do give myself an allowance, though. I would love to find out more about what exactly Reggie was going to blackmail you with. <laughs> You're the one that brought up that it was blackmail. Uh-huh. What could you be blackmailed with? What is Reggie have on you. What does Reggie know that we don't know? <laughs> is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. What a journey that was. What an absolute epic journey. And now it's concluded. And here we are, your heroes, saying it has been done. Thanks for listening to Dave and Darren's <laughs> Top 5 Things podcast. Thanks for downloading it, subscribing to it, telling your friends, all the great stuff that you do for us. Keep it up. We'll be back with another one before you know it. But until we get a chance to do it for you then. Yes. Hang loose, you kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities. Representing. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Dabbing board. Yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out. Come on. And it just don't stop. East Moline. Yeah, they keeping it hot. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. That does it. Out you two pixies go through the door or out the window. Uh, I'm done.
Do what you want. Pull the plug. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.